You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 21st of February, 2021. No, just, just hang on. We, we cannot abandon hope of returning to Earth without first exploring all avenues. Name me one of these avenues. <clears throat> well, uh, uh, take your time, Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> You are very welcome. I'm Benji, he's Nick Briggs, and imagine us sitting right next to you. That's not too scary, yes. Hello. Uh, Coming up in a packed podcast, in a moment, of course, our latest reviews, Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious, Short Trips, Master Thief. And lesser evils. Ooh, following that, we'll be delving into listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And then we'll be doing How Cheap Is Your Cut? No, we're not doing the car. <laughs> no, we're not doing that, are we? No, we're doing oh, Behind the Scenes of Space 1999, Volume 1. And we'll be hearing from Commander Koenig himself, Mark Bonner, uh, writer Andrew Smith, and the rest of the cast and crew of The Siren Corps. Uh, Then we'll be rounding things up with the Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And then we give you a 15-minute drama tease of Space 1999, Volume 1, The Siren Call. Call, call, call. By Andrew Smith. I think there's there's a bit of a, a space 1999 thing going through this podcast. Isn't there certainly you know, is. A little there bit certainly of a is. Space thread, as opposed to space Fred, uh, who's, who's a nice man, but he? not in this podcast. Yes. Oh well, I hope um, he turns up soon. Does he sound a bit like this? Hello, it's uh, Space Fred here. <laughs> there's not a lot of space around you, Fred. No, it's quite restricted. The space. Around me, it's all it's all he ever goes on about. That's all he talks no about. Space, I'm going to go and find some space. Excuse Can you me. give me some space? Have you got some space, please? My name's Space Fred. I should have more space. Yeah, we'll just let him uh, head yeah, off there. Just just do his thing. Don't fall into uh, any manholes. Um, uh, of course. Uh, what? Wonderful, wonderful. He ran out of space. <laughs> he ran out of space. <laughs> Well, of course, before we get to our reviews, uh, just time now, the extended trailer of Return of the Cybermen, uh, our Doctor Who Lost Stories presentation. Yes, it's released this March. You did the sound of that one, Nick. It's an audio adaptation of Jerry Davis's original script for the first season of Tom Baker on TV back in 1975. That's right. Script editor Robert Holmes completely rewrote it, uh, turning it into Revenge of the Cybermen, not Return of the Cybermen, which it was previously, you see. Uh, But here's what could have been. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Lost Stories... Return of the Cybermen. I wouldn't mind going home for a bit. Oh, don't be a drip, Harry. We have a whole universe to explore. Commander! Commander, you need to get up here. It's the plague. Captain Warner's got the plague. Back on good old space station, Nerva. Harry! Doctor! Sarah! What are you doing? Destroying our intruders. (laughs) Seems you were right, old girl. Never miss the obvious, do you, Harry? Why do you want to kill us? Silence, Kilman, and put the gun away. I'm in command here. You too, Lester. His nerves. I can actually see all the nerves in his face. Black, swollen and branching like trees. I've seen this before. I know I have, but where? I've lost most of our crew from it. We're all that's left now. And have you had medical help from Earth? What's your name? Sarah. No! Ah! Ah! Get off me! Anitra! What was that? A thing, a silver 
thing. Sick boy. Doctor, that's where we left Sarah. Let's go. You're not going anywhere. Listen to me. Let's try this. Cybermat. Did I say that? Why would gold have any effect on these creatures? I'll show you. See him. Doctor! I'm thinking. Sarah's dangerously ill. Don't you care? Harry, of course I care, but we must do something now. Now look here. Shh, shh, shh. What's in those cupboards? Kelman! Doesn't your gun work? Of course it works. Cease firing. Fancy meeting you Cybermen like this. <laughs> we were not ready to meet you. What a pity. Help me! Come on, Harry! <laughs> oh, that's incredible! It's moving! <laughs> Doctor! Now, there's a cyber leader. You should have learned by now. Resistance is useless. Now, Sarah... Well, if you're just going to stand there, you don't mind if I start getting dressed, do you? Uh... <sighs> I thought that might work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 forgive me, gentlemen. You, you might possibly wonder what I'm doing under your table, but would you believe it? I'm a furniture inspector. He must be destroyed. No! Goatse! <laughs> We're all doomed. Oh, it's no good, Doctor. But there's only one thing, the gold dust. We need that for the Cybermen. We won't get to the Cybermen if we don't stop the Cybermats. A little optimism never hurt anyone. Hang on, I've got an idea. Now, don't you boys let me down. Oh! No, no! Silence! You have just 60 seconds to bring us back on course. You use that one's gun and join me. Together we can take the control room. Now, come on! We're getting really close to that asteroid. Yes, on any other day, it would probably be quite an impressive view. You cannot destroy me! I can think of nicer places to end up. So try to make sure we don't end up there, then! Big finish. We love stories. For this treachery, nobody leaves never. So yes, there you are. Uh, I'm sorry Fred's not here to talk about him because he's a big no. fan of <laughs> Return of the Cybermen. He is. He's not a big fan of uh, of Revenge of the Cybermen, no, is he? But no. he does like Return of the Cybermen. You know, you've heard it, haven't you? Because you did the mastering for me. I really enjoyed it. I have to say, it was really nice sitting down and listening to a real classic uh, 1970s story. And the beautiful thing about it is it actually really does feel like that, that era in Doctor Who right from the performances as well, just to, to what's going on. You did a cracking job with the sound, particularly, oh, not to give anything away, but yes. I particularly enjoy uh, when there's a ceiling sort of coming down oh, very yeah. slowly, and it's done very well. Um, but it's oh, a, it's a cracking you. story, actually, and it's it's weird. It's you'll, you'll all know, as I know, listening to this, you're all Doctor Who fans, um, that it's really weird listening to something that you know but then you actually suddenly don't know it if that makes sense it's like yeah. I know what's, I know this but this is completely different it's like when they made that dad's army film it's like it, yeah. it, like like it's like the same but it's completely different and you're sort of like well this this is good but it's just very different isn't it yeah it's uh, I I, I sent the trailer just for uh, laughs to um uh, Michael Stevens at BBC Audio we were chatting about something oh, so I said look have a listen to this and he and he said oh it's weird he said because you sort of feel you know the story but then everything's different in it the events are different the, uh, although some of the characters have the same names there are other characters as well and it's yeah it's and I would say this which is an outrageous thing to say and I'm not sure if I say it on the extras it's is that it, being so close to Return of the Cybermen 
and knowing revenge and loving it so much as as anyone who knows me knows I love Revenge of the Cybermen which is reviled by many Doctor Who fans it becomes so painfully obvious why Robert Holmes made all the changes he did make. You know what I mean? You think, oh, yeah, of course, of course. What you you looked at this and thought, no, that's not working. So I'm going to do something better than that. But that said, it still stands up as a wonderful bit of very old fashioned Doctor Who. It feels like a Patrick Troughton story. It really does. Structure. It really does. It has yeah. that. It's a, it has a very different pace to it, doesn't it? In the yes. way it works as well. Um, but that said, you know, what you the, the, the thing I think that what you do get away from this is you get that lovely dynamic that's still there between, you know, the doctor, Sarah and Harry, which is nice. Yeah. And you still yeah. have that, those flavors of that. Um, and, you and, know, I, and I, of course I was too, I love the revenge of the Cybermen music too much. Not, you know, I could have made the score completely different, but it's a kind of, it's in that sort of revenge style, although with extra things in it, isn't it? But it would have been anyway if back in the day, if you think when if they commissioned that at the time, they probably yeah. still would have made the the creative decision to get like Carrie Blyton in to do yeah, the music. Yeah, they would have done, I suppose. Yeah. And, and so it probably would have sounded very similar. Um, and so, but it's just a completely different story, isn't it? In the way it works and and yeah, the events. It's good fun though. It's worth for any of you people that are, you know love. I mean, it's a silly thing to say because the vast majority of people I think listening are very fond of of classic Doctor Who but it's very yes. interesting it'd be worth a, a watch so a watch. you know li- sorry li- listen it's worth a listen Actually, but then, listen to one while you're watching the other one <laughs> well I was, well, was going to say it'd be worth you know you can listen to this and then watch Revenge of the Cybermen or do or do the opposite and it'd be mm. really interesting to get that kind of comparison with what's going on yeah it'd be interesting if people did that and wrote in and told us at podcast at bigfinish.com there's your challenge folks there you go we've set set the challenge and it is up to you now. Uh, of course, next up, uh, it's time for us to find out what's going on with our latest reviews. Yes, as promised, time for us to look at two of our Time Lord Victorious Doctor Who releases. Uh, Time Lord Victorious, in case you didn't know, is a multi-platform Doctor Who narrative. There are comic strips, books, audiobooks, action figures, uh, inflatable, no, and audio dramas. Uh, all the BBC's Doctor Who licensees came together to create a narrative in many forms, with Big Finish's James Goss creating the central concept and story, and Alfie Shaw producing the audio dramas for Big Finish. An essential part of this was two short trips readings involving none other than the Master. Doctor Who, Time Lord of Victorious, Short Trips, Master Thief and Lesser Evils. From Big Finish Productions. The soft shine of the glass caught another creature, an immaculate bearded figure carrying a blue cylinder under one arm. The Master. Doctor Who. Time Lord Victorious. Short Trips. Master Thief. You had the most glowing recommendation, she told him. The Advocate General is a good friend. He demurred. In fact, the Master had met the old woman just once for all of five minutes. She recommended you, too. I mean, the repository. Your personal service. Turning a corner, two guards stood in his way. They raised their weapons as the master raised his. Their screams reverberated down the dark passageway. More guards came running to intercept, but he cut them down without mercy. You will obey me. Lesser Evils. 
Death descended on the planet Alexis, one bright and crisp, clear morning. The Katuru now bent and placed her hands on top of the dense litter of the forest floor. The creatures of and in the ground were drawn to her warmth and power. They came to her voluntarily. She brushed the carapace of a tiny globular bug and constrained it to a lifespan of weeks. A most intriguing species, said the man in black velvet. The woman didn't flinch, but incredibly, she hadn't known he was there. I take it, he said agreeably, eyes now on the woman, that I have the pleasure of addressing the due representative of the all-hallowed Kuturu. I am your humble servant. He bowed, though there was something playful, insincere in his movement. Did he dare to mock her? Now that I have your attention... <laughs> Big finish. We love stories. Well, first up, we've got wearecult.rocks. What a cool uh, URL that is, eh? This one's from Bryn Mitchell. Hello, Bryn. Um, Hello. Like many of Doctor Who's short trips, these stories combine a cheap price with quality production. Oh. An elegant reading and just plain good storytelling. I would definitely recommend picking them up. Blogtohu.com, uh, Bedwear Gullinge. Um, for those who have only been drawn to the Big Finish output because of Time Lord Victorious, this short trip serves as an ideal introduction. Master Thief Lesser Evils throws up two intriguing tales. Cultbox.co.uk, the box of cults, says uh, it's Ian McArdle, says, Ian. Uh, naturally, as befits these two masters, there are two markedly different stories. The first is all action, tense and dramatic, whilst the second is a more controlled, delicate affair. John Coleshaw is an ideal choice. As well as being an enthusiastic performer, he clearly knows both characters well, oh, yes. and his Ainley chuckle is particularly <laughs> impressive. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> five, four stars out of five. <laughs> Four chuckles out of five. Uh, um, Winteriscoming.net, uh, James Agas, or Agas? Agus? Agus. Agus. Maybe it's Agus. Yeah, well, James, that's he's the reviewer for Winteriscoming.net. Overall, oh, he's wearing an overall as well. Oh, that's uh, nice, Ma Master Thief and Lesser Evils is highly recommended. Well, because the sort of two were in tandem, especially for master fans. Well, funnily enough, yes, Colshaw's narration and performance are fantastic to listen to. This is the consultingdetectiveblog.com, and this is by Looney Literature. Looney Literature! Um, both... That's what I thought straight away. I was thinking, oh yes, we're going to have Daffy Duck presenting this one. Um, both, both Master Thief and Lesser Evils are excellent stories that utilise one of Doctor Who's most iconic villains, with a natural ease that makes them such believable and compelling stories. Isles and Guria are superb writers and their talent shines through in this release. Uh, it is a truly excellent release and demonstrates that Big Finish's short trip's range is, an enjoyable, is as enjoyable as it ever has been. Nice one, yes. Isles and Guria, Sophie Isles and Simon Guria. The two uh, detectives. <laughs> 
that one's a maverick, the other one isn't. You have to guess which is which. <laughs> uh, factor.com and this review uh, is quoted from Matthew Kestrel's review. Um, is that? Do you think Matthew was in that film, Kez? Anyway, uh, they're a rare opportunity <laughs> to hear two much-missed incarnations of an iconic villain in action once more and a chance to see a little of what makes them tick as characters. They come heartily recommended like a warm winter's day soup. I made up the soup bit, obviously. Uh, on Twitter, Dan WFA says, um, with, what's it, Dan with four arms uh, says of Master Thief uh, <laughs> Sophie Isles uh, yeah. writes a terrific story for Roger Delgado's master um, yes. I don't know why they said that in Tom Beggar he's the master um, if one person knows Ooh, how to Miss write him, it's Sophie Isles <laughs> very good uh, John Coleshaw does a fabulous job bringing the story to life and yes. makes his impression indistinguishable from the real Delgado nine out of ten uh, at Starcasm says of Master Thief, great stuff. Colshaw totally channels Delgado. Yes, he does this sort of voice, doesn't he? He sort of, that's what John does for it, except better than that. Uh, always interesting to see the Master forced to face the consequences of his actions. Oh, we love that. Face the consequences of your actions, Master. Here they totally backfire on himself. Yeah, you never did. But how exactly does this tie into Time Lord Victorious? Question mark, question mark, question mark. There was only one question mark, but I felt we needed two more. Eight out of ten. Well, Starcasm actually continues this one. It says, of lesser evils, uh, Ooh, yes. not at all uh, what I was expecting from an Ainley Master story. It's slow, <laughs> contemplative, <laughs> contemplative, <laughs> contemplative, <laughs> contemplative, <laughs> contemplative, contemplative, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, descriptive prose is, is beautiful. <laughs> Only the Master would dare to question Kotaro. Was it Kotru? Kotaru. How is it pronounced? Oh, you're, on your, you're on your own the, there, mate. The Kotoru. I don't know. I've not listened to it yet. Only the master would dare to question the Kotoru. Uh, but what is his motive? Uh, beguiling. 8.5 out of 10. Ooh, it's very precise, isn't it? 8.5 out of yeah, 10. That, Just that, uh, 0.5 better than Master Thief, according to Star Chasm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks to you all lovely reviewers we're really pleased to get your names out there as well um, uh, for giving us such shining recommendations uh, we really love reading them actually even though we mess about over doing it but that's you know that's the nature of things isn't it well, the reason we mess about is that so so it doesn't seem like we're trying to market things to you we're just trying to fool you into thinking we're just having a conversation but really we're injecting big finish into your minds I'll buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. <laughs> Subliminally. That's Next going week. on underneath if all the music. Yeah. That's all that's going on, isn't it? Just that's right. buy this release, buy this release, buy this release. <laughs> Little X's are appearing subliminally all the time. Uh, next I can't week. stand this confusion in my mind. Sorry, carry on. <sighs> next week, Torchwood, three monkeys, count them. Three, it won't yes, take yes. long. <laughs> well, it, it, it it's depends, three. doesn't it? Depends how good you are at counting, I suppose. Uh, don't forget, uh, this is very much a Space 1999 podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, volume one of these uh, of those moon voyaging adventures will be out this week. And to yes. celebrate that, we go behind the scenes with the cast and the crew. 
Oh, that's nice. Carew. Carew, wasn't he um, one of the astronauts in the uh, the Quatermass experiment, Carew? Carew, Victor, Victor, Victor Croon. Uh, yes. Well, I'm in the astronauts. Um, <sighs> I was watching the, the surviving two episodes of the Quatermass experiment and the bit where he starts speaking German is just terrifying because he couldn't speak <laughs> German. And the idea is he was absorbed the consciousness of the other two astronauts, one of whom was German, and it's just a, a really chilling moment. Um, yes, before uh, we uh, go behind the scenes with Space 1999, uh, some controversial content. <laughs> oh, not that, not this again. Controversial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, two, the two Cs, controversial content. Uh, listeners' emails. too sure if I, if I do love emails now I mean I don't know what's in there um, that of course is me being controversial um, and if you want to be controversial be our guest just send uh, your messages to podcast at bigfinish.com and you might get it read out we do like mm. to read them we can't always get to them because uh, you know we get a lot of posts um, we have to yeah, delve sh- through our huge mailbox in order to yeah. do so um, but we got one here first off from Drew O'Toole, uh, and this subject of this one is could a missing monthly's range happen? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, big finish. I've thoroughly enjoyed February's output so far and couldn't be happier. My favourite release has been Gallifrey Time War 4, uh, and it was such a wonderful story. I can't wait to see where these characters go next. Well, I, I can tell you a little secret. They're actually going to <gasps> Cobham Services. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. With Space Fred. With Space, space Fred. Fred, yeah, yeah, he's, he's space, going along. Fred Space? Or? Fred Space, that, Space. Is that true, Fred? Uh, yeah, it is true, yeah. Thanks, Fred. No, oh, thanks for that. Um, so, so uh, oh, not again! It's fallen over again. Oh, he needs to get his eyes checked. Um, it's all huffed up in his space he's got, helmet. If he's got space in his schedule. Um, so, I have a question I've always wanted to ask. Uh, back in the not so distant past, in 2005, uh, there were a few stories announced and in the pipeline for release that never saw the light of day. Although the main slash monthly range is now ending, I was wondering if these stories might ever return to production and appear. The stories wide as follows. Uh, Feel Mm -hmm. free to just read off a select few. Uh, Don't want to take up too much time. Let's let's do the lot. I'll just. Shall I give you answers as we go along? Good idea. Okay. Okay. So, Fifth Doctor, Summer in the City by Joseph Lidster. I I was never. uh, I mean. I was never available. I was never aware of that one at all. Um, I think these were things that were suggested and and Gary Russell, the former producer at Big Finish, uh, had them on a list. Uh, And I didn't realise that he'd released these to the public. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, but when, when, uh, you know, when I took over, Alan Barnes and I made several creative decisions which took things in a different way. And any scripts that weren't actually um, uh, on the way... Um, that we, you know, didn't uh, didn't fit with our plans. We cancelled them, basically. <laughs> Terrible well, thing to say. I don't know why I laughed afterwards. It's a horrible thing to do. Anyway, yeah. So got- that one, I'm not I'm not even aware of what it was about or whether it was... Ever- I certainly never even saw a storyline, so... Well, there's one here, Friends and Enemies, which, let's be honest, should just be called Frenemies, by Adrian Rigglesford. Yeah, that one was never written. 
Okay, Sith Doctor stuff. Uh, the Clutches of Kali by Manjit Singh. Yes, I do. Um, I'm not... I don't think that one was ever written either. I don't think it was even commissioned. I think it was just a perspective just, one. And it might have involved something... I've got a funny feeling it involved something that clashed with the what was happening on TV, Doctor Who, so couldn't be done. That makes sense. Yeah. Just escape the clutches of Big Finish. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Spiders by Alison Lawson. Again, not aware of that one at all, but I, I never squashed. saw anything. <laughs> Someone put a cup over it and a bit of paper underneath. And Took it, it outside. outside, yeah. No, and what Alison Lawson had previously written for us, hadn't she? Yes. But anyway, no, that didn't happen. Uh, uh, well, seven- no, it didn't happen, but I, I had no knowledge of that. Uh, Seventh Doctor stuff, uh, We Are the Dead by Martin Day. That was actually made, but just under a different title. Can you remember what the title was? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and now I've forgotten. It was my... I I didn't think We Are the Dead was... Um, I didn't like the title, so I, I got it changed. Uh, let me have a look on the big finish site, because if I type in Martin Day, His you should what? have some joy. You changed did, did, it. There to we are. No man's yeah. land. Oh, no man's land. Excellent. Yeah, because I wanted a because it was set during the First World War. It was an excellent story. I think John Ainsworth directed it, and he did some work on the script. Um, yeah, and I, I wanted something that immediately said First World War, and No Man's Land to me does. What do you I have a feeling we've. I have a feeling we've actually mentioned this before in the podcast. Actually, it rings a yeah, bell yeah. with me. No Man's Land. Um, Alone again by Mark Platt. Yeah, no, that, and there was never, um, there was never even a storyline for that that I saw. Partridge amongst the pigeons. Um, don't know yeah. what it is, but uh, you can have a title sequence of me flapping around Leicester Square. Um, <laughs> that's from Alan Partridge, um, if you didn't guess. Um, Dead Man's Hand, Dead Man's Hand by John Estranda. Is that how I'm pronouncing Ostrander. Ostrander. Um, yes, that was never... That was going to be a, a Western, that one. But nothing was ever delivered. You know, and we were... Because when I uh, started uh, producing Big Finish as a whole, uh, we were in danger of running out of things to release <laughs> because everything had wound down and there was no there was there was virtually nothing in the can and i had to bring some releases forward that had been prepped early and and, and you know so it was it was there was a lot of scrabbling around uh, and uh, it was it was quicker in a lot of cases just to commission new things and get them going straight away rather than try and find out what had happened things. about a, a script that had been uh, commissioned from someone who we had no contact with several years before i think that had been dead man's hand had been on the the sort of the, the release schedule as a potential for quite a number of years so yeah there was also there was something uh, alone again might have been to do with there was a zygon companion the doctor was going to have a zygon companion i believe and that was you know so every episode they change into something else or something yeah. interesting interesting hmm. uh, we've got one more here eighth doctor uh, best of all best of all possible worlds by alex fitch and kim morgan Yes, um, I think I was. Uh, I think this one didn't. F- it was a creative decision because we didn't believe the script was going in a direction that we wanted to go with the Eighth Doctor story. So we had a completely different idea. And I don't think. I think perhaps a storyline had been commissioned 
or I don't I, but I don't know there was certainly no script as far as I know uh, that finishes the list of, of stories um, says here any chance that we could see these stories reappear someday as part of a range of stories akin to the lost stories something like the missing monthlies best regards Drew there we go uh, no, I mean, the thing is, and, you know, I've often said this about the lost stories. And when we first, I mean, the lost stories idea was mentioned to me a long time before we did them. And I wasn't keen on doing it. But then David Richardson came into the company and he was keen to do it. And I said, well, that's good. We found someone who's keen to do it. For me, sometimes there's a, it's a double edged thing with lost stories, because quite often stories weren't made because they were not considered to be good enough. And certainly, you know, that's the case with Return of the Cybermen. But it's so many years since that, that it's actually quite a curiosity to go back and and see what could have been. You know what I mean? And I, and yeah. I think it's not, I hope it's not a controversial thing to say, but, you know, um, because a lot of people don't like Revenge of the Cybermen, but Revenge of the Cybermen is a much better script than Return of the Cybermen. I mean, absolutely much better. Uh, and it's a much better storyline. But it is, at this distance of time, looking back, fascinating to see the possibility of what, what could have happened. And likewise, with all these things, perhaps, you know, it's for uh, whoever becomes my successor, which is not within the foreseeable future, I have to tell you, because I'm not intending to go anywhere. Um, uh, you know, for them to look back at these things and maybe find them. But for me, a lot of them, I, I made decisions that they weren't right to be really, you know, they weren't, what we were trying to do, the kind of stories we wanted to do. So, you know what I mean? It would be, um, you don't want to do a range entitled the not very good ones, do you really? So, yeah. <laughs> controversial. I, I told you it was going to be controversial. Next up, uh, this from uh, Daniel D. Dresner. Now, this is a very detailed proposal uh, for Doomwatch. Hello, Big Finish. Should you ever acquire or secretly already hold the rights to do much? That's not the case, unfortunately. This shameless fanboy masquerading as a respectable university professor would be interested in any opening from an advisor. Assuming a BBC-like run of episodes, the light treatment below suggests themes in no particular order other than the last one, with, contemporary, with a contemporary air that follows popular challenges without... I hope, spiralling down into the usual clichés of killer robots and mad scientists. There's nothing wrong with killer robots and mad scientists. In terms of characterisation, this would be an opportunity to wash the petri dish clean of the awful sexism of the original series with a more diverse Doomwatch team. Actually, diversity in all respects. Uh, this would immediately play into the hands of the storytellers, allowing for discussions amongst a variety, a richer variety of cultural viewpoints. One, artificial intelligence, but not Terminator or Fear Index, possibly a faith and trust thing. Two, climate. Are there any beneficial elements of climate change which current corrective practices will kill? Ooh, very controversial. Three, power generation and addiction uh, and the risks of withdrawal, not the changes. Interesting. For medicine, we're seeing an age-related policy for vaccination as techniques are developed that extend lifespans. How will they be rolled out? Cultural and social approach to science, the dichotomy of respecting religious or cultural belief systems and when there are apparent conflicts with scientific doctrine. Six, economics, the ever-promised of leisure time over work to be a sequel to the original Doomwatch episode, Public Enemy. Seven, knowledge management and the second era of truth with a subplot accessing changing storage me media. Uh, 
8. Genetics, Evolution and Cybernetics, a la Kleins and Kleins. I don't know what that means, do you? No, I'm not, not quite familiar with that. That's how stupid I am. Uh, but there again, I don't have a PhD or a BSc or an FCIIS or whatever that is. Um, uh, material science is number nine. Coming up, number nine, material science. Science, the balance of synthesis with natural materials. One of my favourite topics. Ten, SETI, are we really alone? A Brookings report for the 21st century. Eleven, cybersecurity, but not about hackers. Okay. Twelve, space exploration, but not about Mars. And three, finale, government. Quis custodiat doom watch? Interesting. Just a thought. Happy to discuss or just look forward to what could be a revival of the best British TV science fiction since Quatermass. Third series of doom watch, notwithstanding. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point, Daniel. Be safe and well, Daniel Gideon. Daniel Gideon Dresner, PhD, BSc, OMS, FCIIS. Is it II? Oh, that's not 2S, is it? No. I don't know what an FCIIS is, do you? I don't know. No. Uh, I can uh, he's find professor out of like. cyber security at the Department of Computer Science uh, in Manchester. FCIIS meaning. Let's find out. Interestingly enough, here is an interesting fact. When I type it in, the first person that pops up is indeed Danny. So there, there we you it, go. You see leader of the field um very interesting love a bit of doom yeah. watch um we've oh, so yeah, we, we recently not so well say recently we've covered it in the benji and nick show we uh, did a review of the plastic eaters didn't we um, is, yeah yeah well yeah. we ate some plastic and uh decided to see how it would taste um no we didn't do that um interesting stuff so sort of you know who knows uh, what the future holds but certainly yeah not, i'd love not at the moment do, isn't uh, it i'd love us yeah I'd love us to do Doom Watch. It would be brilliant. Dun, 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 ba -dum, ba uh, and there's very interesting topics there, even though I'm slightly too stupid to understand some of them. <laughs> well, finally, we have one here from David Banner. Um, Box of Delights CD exclusive. 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 Mm. Um, hi, uh, the Box of Delights six-hour drama. Yay! Uh, only available on CD through your website. Boo. Uh, I feel as though I've just been scrobbled. Uh, is this an evil plan by Abner Brown? Uh, I love Big Finish and buy the CDs, but I don't buy direct from you. I do buy new, not second-hand. It's a, a consumer choice on my part price, and I love Box of Delight, so I'm extremely disappointed. Still love you all, though. Regards, David. Well, don't worry, David. It is. It will be available from other retailers if they order it. Um, it's just not, yeah, I don't know why you got that impression. That's certainly not true. That is, you know, we always announce that things are available on our site. It doesn't mean that they're not available anywhere else. That's So don't worry that you haven't been scrubbled. No, no need for boo. You can go back to yay. <laughs> uh, that's it for our emails this week. I can see out of the corner of my eye, a mounting up stack of them for next week. In fact, Fred Space, Space Fred, can't quite make up our mind which way round his name goes now. Uh, he's he's guarding them at the moment. Well, how many have you got there, Fred? I can't possibly say. You can't possibly say, helpful. can you? Uh, can't, can't say. Well, you just Probably. reminded me of... Um, can't see them because his helmet's steamed up. It's all there, yeah. It's all just steamed, isn't it? Hondo style. Um, just reminded me, actually, that um, the yes. phrase, out the corner of my eye, this morning I was recording with Tom Baker, and he said, yes. I was wondering if I could change... Uh, out of the corner of my eye to out of the corner of one of my eyes. You see, it's, he's an alien, you see, and so 
I think it's a far more alien thing to say. <laughs> the level of, of securities uh, that that man has in his mind. Uh, that is so, the treat. Well, yeah, keep yeah, the uh, <laughs> keep the uh, po- po- keep the podcast going. Keep keep the fire keep burning. Podding and on. Keep the emails coming to podcast at bigfinish.com. So it's that time. Grab the nearest control console and steady yourselves. Uh, that's right. We're blasting out of the Earth's orbit with space. 1999. Whoa! Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I'm the script editor and director of this box set of Space 1999. No, just, just hang on. We, we cannot abandon hope of returning to Earth without first exploring all avenues. Name me one of these avenues. <coughs> well, uh, take your time, Simmons. We were lucky enough to get a really good reaction to the first release, Breakaway, which I wrote and directed. Wiser people than me say uh, that with good reviews and bad reviews, you must ignore both those imposters because you can be knocked flat by the bad ones and overtly or unnecessarily intoxicated by the good ones. But, you know, of course, no one can ever follow that advice. And it was lovely that so many people seemed to get what I was trying to do with Space 1999. Hello, I'm Andrew Smith and I wrote Space 1999, The Siren Call. This set is a mix of revisiting those uh, a couple of those excellent episodes from the first series, but also I've been given the opportunity to come up with these original adventures, original dramas, which was a little daunting, but also something that I relished. And I was given the role as well, because I'm writing the opening episode, of explaining something that wasn't explained away in the TV series in Breakaway, Earth is receiving these signals from the planet Meta, which suggests that there's intelligent life out there somewhere. And at the end of the TV episode of uh, Breakaway, as in our adaptation of Big Finish, the Alphans are on the cusp of going to Meta and finding out what the signal is. That never happened in the original series. In the original series, Breakaway ends with the whole Meta signal and Koenig speculating on what's out there and then nothing ever happens. We never hear about Meta again. But I get to explain that. And also in doing that, I give Alphans their first encounter with alien life. And there's a slight revelation, sort of buried there, but I wonder whether you picked it up, that the human race has, in fact, encountered alien species before. Would you look at that? Are we about to have humankind's first contact with aliens? Not the first. What do you mean? Well, not quite, John. That's enough, Kenny. Now, there are some on Earth who are already aware that there is alien life out there somewhere, but it's something that's been kept a secret. So very few people know about that. So for the vast majority, encountering alien life is a big deal. That's for another time, that little plotline. Hello, my name is Mark Bonner, and I play Commander John Koenig in Space 1999. He is strong, decisive, fair, passionate, and a good leader. I think he's level-headed in a crisis, and that's all you can ask for, really. I think he'd be a good buddy. I'm Maria Teresa Creasy, and I play Dr. Helena Russell. 
I think Helena is a tough cookie with a really big heart. There are more women around her, but I think she's been brought up in this world of sort of a male-centered work environment and probably living environment as well. And she's had to uh, make herself heard and fight to be able to be a part of that. And And I think that that you see that in her, that she's not afraid to, you know, take the mickey out of somebody or go head to head with them and really stand up for what she think is, thinks is right, which I think is a really wonderful quality of hers. Hello, my name is Clive Hayward and I play Victor Bergman, who's the chief scientist on board Alpha. The signal was directed at the moon. It interacted with a queller drive on the probe ship to open up the wormhole that brought us here. It is nice to genuinely say you like your character. Victor is a professor, he's the chief scientist on board Alpha, but he's one of those, um, almost if you like, a kind of a Jules Verne type scientist. He's an adventurer as well. He's very excited about discovering new things about life and science and space. So he's what I call, he's quite a front foot character. I think he's very bright, very open. He's very explorative. He's got a very sharp, inquiring mind. He's very loyal. He's a very old friend of John Koenig's. They've worked together a lot over the years. He's very loyal to his friend, uh, who's also his commander. I would think he's a good man to have beside you in a crisis, because not only has he got brains to try and help help you figure out what's going on, but he's also not scared to get stuck in if he has to. So it's great to play someone like that. They're very front foot. They're very bright. I mean, crikey, he's a lot brighter than I am. He would have set up a home studio in no time at all. It's great to play someone who's got that sort of energy and that mind, that sort of scalpel-like mind, and that sort of almost at times childlike fascination with, with these new things that are unveiling around him. Hello, my name's Terry Malloy, and I play a character called Cesar, who is the... Um, liaison and and counsellor to the leader of the Pyrean world and I just happened to drop in on Alpha Base. I've done it as a very straight voice and somebody that I think people will sympathise with because he's, well, like a lot of the characters I play, he's a very sympathetic character in the end. The signal did this? I'm afraid it did have an effect uh, upon... It also killed over 700 people. I see. My name is Tim Bentink, and I play Commissioner Simmons. I wish to speak with your leader. You're speaking to him. I'm afraid you're not. I am the senior person here. Simmons. Space Commissioner Simmons here, Mr. Cesar. You may speak with me. (laughs) There's not much to like about Simmons, really, but... um, but he does come good in certain ways. There are, there are sides of him where um, he, he, he finds humility, uh, which I don't think he'd had before, uh, and he finds bravery and a certain amount of subterfuge as well. I was surprised when I was reading the script, I was going, oh, there's more to him you know, than meets the eye, old Simmons. And, you know, this, this is a developing character. He may, he may come good. He's sort of, yes, I'm warming to him. I thought he was a bit of a cold fish to start off with, but um, maybe there's more to him than meets the eye. What excites me most about the series, I mean, I think really what excites me the most is the possibilities. You know, all of these people could go anywhere. You know, anything could happen. And isn't it exciting to think, like, what what will the writers come up with next? Where will we go? Who will we meet? What will we be? 
how we feel. I mean, yeah, the world and the possibilities are endless. It's been such a thrill right for space 1999 and it seems the big finish is determined to just reconnect me with more and more of my childhood because this is very much a part of it like so many of the other ranges i've been involved in with the big finish i vividly remember the launch of space 1999 in i I think it was the autumn of 1975 i was 13 and i can remember the build-up to it all the the press coverage there were color spreads in um, the paper we used to get as a family and uh, and I, I read the novelization Breakaway, even before the series was broadcast. So I was almost a fan and hooked on it even before it began. But I'd always been a fan of the Jerry Anderson series and the live action series UFO before it. So I kind of knew the quality of things to expect, and it was incredibly high quality. And I think at the age of thirteen, it was almost perfect for me in terms of the type of adventures, this the sci-fi settings, and everything else. So I was very definitely hooked from the start. It feels really good to come back after Breakaway. I thought it was great. And everyone who we work with is amazing. We're pretty lucky. So it's a lovely place to have to come back to. Just go to big... That was me coming back. Uh, Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, just go to bigfinish.com and type space 1999 without the colon, all right, when you're searching for it, because the colon just messes up the search, apparently. <laughs> oh, dear, this. what a great website. Um, uh, type that into the search pane at the top to find this beauty. And don't forget, we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Space 1999, The Siren Call by Andrew Smith, right after this. <laughs> I feel very French. Uh, yes, it's the Randomoid Selectatron where we offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What have we got, Benji? Well, let's have a looky-wooky. I've got the Big Finish site up from looking for um, No Man's Land. Wouldn't it be fun if No Man's Land was the uh, Randomoid Selectatron choice? It's No Man's Land. No, it's no. not. It's 210 Doctor Who, The Peterloo Massacre. Oh, this is a very, very story. uh, Yeah, yeah, very, very popular one by Paul Mars. Yes. Sorry, I just realised you said Paul Mars. Look at the reviews stacked up here. People love this bit of social historical realism. Uh, Absolutely. Doctor Nissa and Tegan. There is an enormous amount to admire with this release. I'd like to focus on Paul Mars' crafting of this outstanding tale. Given the political nature of the material, it would have been easy to tell a big, angry story, have Tegan shout a lot and present events without drawing the listener in as deeply as he has. That was from Red Rocket Rising, no longer with us. Uh, The drama is first rate. The performance is wonderfully realistic. Mars and Big Finish prove that the Doctor doesn't need aliens and monsters to tell a compelling and historical yet relevant story. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's set during the Industrial Revolution uh, around about uh, Manchester. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's to do with social injustice. And yeah, it's a really... Yeah, here's the trailer. What's happening to the TARDIS? The navigational systems are malfunctioning due to traveling backwards through decades of carboniferous emissions. Yes, it appears your girl doesn't much care for the Industrial Revolution. So you're saying we got lost in the smog? I thought I'd been in 
some grim places before, but this is terrible. Take D19, Doctor. Great challenges lie ahead. It'll be like nothing this city has ever seen before. 1819, 1819. Come on, Doctor, think. Why does that year fill you with dread? Someone's got to stand up and tell the truth. Oh, my friends into the midst of a disaster. What are you talking about? It's August about, the 15th, 1819. We're in Manchester. So? We're on the eve of the darkest day in this city's history. There you go. And as we know, Paul Mars, a very successful and admired writer, has done all sorts of brilliant scripts for Big Finish in the past, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. Have you ever heard this one? I believe I have, actually. I remember around the time, because it's directed by Jamie, isn't it? Anderson. Um, and, so, yeah, it's a cracking story. I'm, I'm always going in for the, um, the historical Doctor Who. As you know, I love history. So uh, whenever there's a historical, I often prioritise them, actually. Guilty, but there we go. Well, it's so easy. If you want to get your discount, $12.99 oh, yes. is priced. You get 25% off, and all you need to do is go to bigfinish.com, click on the menus of podcasts, then you go, and there's a little blurb next to a picture of us. Click on there, read more, go down, and it will tell you in the blurb, it'll say, just click here and enter the code Buck Up. Buck Up, all capital letters, no spaces, complications, uh, parties around the nations, you <laughs> name it, just Buck Up. Uh, and you will get your discount. It's well worth doing. Yeah, save those nice. pennies. I just, by the way, looking back at the Peter Lou Masco, I love the cover as well. It's gorgeous, isn't it? With the, the lovely, yeah. yeah really and the nice. TARDIS kind of shooting through it, and the, the man on the horse waving his sword. He's like, subtly Hello, in the background. I'm, here. I just see I'm a man on a sword. No, on a horse, oh, not a sword. Oh, oh. I'm meant to be riding the horse, but unfortunately, I'm holding the horse and riding the sword. <laughs> it's been a terrible it's heavy. pictorial mix up. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Ran. Lovely recommendation mm. there. Of course, now it's sadly time for us to say goodbye. Ah, yes. uh, this week in the style of the moon being blasted away from the Earth. Yes, OK. Here we go. Goodbye! Goodbye! <laughs> Good microphone action there from Benji. Time now for our drama tea, Space 1999, Volume 1, The Siren Call, by Andrew Smith. Okay, everybody out. There's structural damage. We have to evacuate this module. You heard the lady. Hurry. Come on, people. That's everybody, Mary. Let's get out of here. Coming. Oh, no. Mary! The pressure door is closing, Mary! Quickly! Uh, I can't. I can't. Breathe. Let's go.
Everyone, take a seat. Emergency command conference convened. Um, as the senior rank present, I think you'll agree, Commander Koenig, that I should be chairing this conference. Sure. Paul, what's the latest damage report? Yes. Just what kind of shape are we in? We're still waiting for some sections to report in, Commander. Rescue teams are assessing the last of the outlying areas. What's the news on casualties, Connor? Since computer gave its initial assessment, three more people have died from their injuries. That makes 792 dead. Very regrettable, but the more pressing problem surely is finding a way back to Earth. Finding a way? Professor Bergman, Victor. Remind the Commissioner, would you? We are five light years from Earth, propelled here through a wormhole created by forces we could not hope to replicate. So, we give up, is that what you're saying? We don't even try. Sandra, what is it? Um, Commander, I have a message from Dr. Russell for... for Kano. For me? Her medical team were rescuing injured from a module in Section D when there was structural failure. Total depressurization. There's been a fatality. Section D? Oh no. Dashka, I'm sorry. It was Mary. I have to go there. Mary? Mary Page. Her wife. I want to see her. Come with me. She's here. Oh, Mary. My beautiful Mary. She was helping others. Evacuating module when the window shattered. It was quick. Helping others. That's Mary, all right. Would you like to be alone with her? Please. Take all the time you need. Put Meta on the main screen. Commander. Victor, any chance we'll be caught in its gravitational field, taken into orbit? Well, we'll pass close by, but not that close. Meta was selected for exploration, because it was thought to be Earth-like, with water and an atmosphere, right? So if we can't get back home... Which we can't. Then Meta might be our new home. No, 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 no. No, just, just hang on. We, we cannot abandon hope of returning to Earth without first exploring all avenues. Name me one of these avenues. <laughs> well... Uh, Take your time, Simmons. <sighs> There's another thing about Meta, of course. Yes, all right, we've heard that damn thing often enough. 
the Meta Signal. Which got us into all this trouble in the first place. With respect, you're missing the point, Commissioner. Oh? It's a sign of intelligent life. With technology capable of sending a resonating signal across five light years instantaneously. Instantaneously? The signal responded to the increased rate of exotic particle emissions. Responded in real time. Carno said it was like... I said it was like they were watching us. Dashka? Hey, hey, I, I'm sure the commander will let you have a little time. Sure. There's no need for you to resume your duties so soon. Thanks for the offer, Commander, but Mary's been taken to the mortuary. She's at peace. She'd want me back where I'm needed. Well, that's appreciated. Was I right, Professor? Was someone watching us for Meta? Quite possibly. <laughs> this is just wild speculation. But if they were watching us, why were they? The signal was directed at the moon. It interacted with the Queller Drive on the probe ship to open up the wormhole that brought us here. We must ask ourselves, were these consequences accidental or intended? You're suggesting the moon was deliberately taken out of Earth's orbit. Paul, how long before we pass by Meta and out of Eagle range? On our current trajectory, around two and a half days. Well, that's how long we've got to decide whether we evacuate to Meta. Evacuate? Abandon Alpha? Look at it this way, Commissioner. The further we move away from the Earth, the less likely it is we'll ever get back there. Plus, there's a psychological impact on Alpha personnel of us just aimlessly drifting. Paul, contact Alan Carter. Sir. Tell him I want six Eagles ready to take survey teams to Meta as soon as possible. You're seriously... Will do, Commander. Helena, I'd like you to draw up an evacuation plan. Okay. Section by section. Numbers. Logistics. We'll give it a name. Operation... The Exodus? I like it. Operation Exodus. Uh, Commander. Problem, Sandra? We may not have to go to Meta. <laughs> I agree. At last. Someone with some sense. It may have just come to us. There's a spacecraft out there. Oh my god. Putting radar on main screen. That's a spacecraft? It's small. I almost missed it. Would you look at that? Are we about to have humankind's first contact with aliens? We're not the first. What do you mean? Well, not quite. John, that's enough, Koenig. What are you two talking about? We may be the last of humanity, Simmons. What's the point in secrets? I insist. Carter, are you receiving? Loud and clear, Commander. I need an eagle launched immediately. It's coming into visual range, switching to camera. There. There it is. Okay, yep, that's alien, all right. Yeah, it's a curious design. You might almost call it a flying saucer. Carter to main mission. Eagle One ready to go. Immediate launch, Eagle One. Lifting off now. Thank you.
Red carpet or saber rattling? Maintain visual contact, but do not engage unless it displays hostile intent. Understood. It may be about to attack us. We will not fire the first shot. Carter may not get a chance to fire the second. You seriously want to start a war? Do we want Alpha's first interaction with alien life to be to kill it? We don't know what they intend. There's a signal coming through. In English? That's unexpected. Good start. Alien contact. Incredible. I say again, this is Caesar of Pyrus. My intentions are peaceful. Please respond. Put me through to you. You're on, Commander. This is Commander John Koenig. Please state your purpose. I wish to speak with your leader. You're speaking to him. I'm afraid you're not. I am the senior person here. Simmons. Space Commissioner Simmons here, Mr. Caesar. You may speak with me. I wish to speak in person. Requesting permission to land. We have one of our own craft watching you. With orders to shoot if you show the first sign of aggression. Oh, sweet Jesus. I say again, my intentions are peaceful. We shall be the judge of that. Simmons, for God's sake. Commission to land is granted. Our eagle will escort you in. I shall meet you upon your arrival. I look forward to it. Well... I just spoke to an alien. That's, well, remarkable. And the orders to shoot part was such a sensitive touch. Commissioner, don't you think we should ask ourselves the question Dr. Russell raised? Why is he speaking when English? When I require your input, Bergman, I'll ask for it. Simmons, I am in operational command of this base. If an alien race is making overtures towards humanity, that's a matter of diplomacy which is very much my bailiwick. Your what? His what? Right. Let's go and meet him. Have security join us. Koenig, Russell, you're with me. Follow. So, it didn't occur to him to ask why an alien is speaking English. <laughs> he was too busy adjusting his crown. With me, Helena. And does anyone know what a bailiwick is? Not a clue. Judge of that. Weapons ready, people. Getting a little nervous, Commissioner. Here he comes. Remember, let me do the talking. Mr. Cesar? Greetings, Commissioner Simmons. I am he. I stand here as the representative of the people of the planet Earth. I. I assume you are from. Meta? Meta? The planet nearby. We call it Meta. Thank you, Dr. Russell. We call the planet Pyrus. I extend greetings on behalf of the Pyrian leader, Garrodus, and all Pyrians, to any travelers who come to us in peace. Well, we do indeed come in peace. And yet, weapons are pointed at me. I am unarmed, as you can see. Security? Lower your guns. You may be 
Unarmed, but that outfit looks like armor. Are you a warrior, Caesar? I am counselor to leader Garadus. This is simply my official attire. Garadus asked me to come here to learn your intentions. Perhaps we should take this to your office, Koenig. Caesar, if you'd come with me. Lead the way. I always kind of thought my first alien species would be bacteria in a test tube, not a big biped in space armor. What do you make of this Cesar guy? No, I'm not sure. But there's a way to find out more. Oh? What do you... Hello, John. How was your close encounter? Simmons is taking him to my office. I want you to do something for me when he gets there. The Commander's Office. It provides us with more privacy than an airlock corridor. Do we need privacy? Koenig, Dr. Russell, you took your time. We were keeping a respectful distance, Commissioner. Professor Burke. Do excuse me. What, what are you doing? Nothing to worry about. This is an Organotron. A what? You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And draw a picture of a mouse. <laughs>